The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. The hit a big scratcher from the Virginia Lottery could be a big hit for you. The game gives you the chance to win up to $1 million. Virginia Lottery Scratchers. Everyday wins. Visit a lottery retailer near you. For odds and more information, visit valottery.com. If you're not already listening to the Stack Overflow podcast, you need to check it out. As one of the leading technology podcasts for 13 years running, it's your resource for what's happening in software development today. The Stack Overflow podcast hosts conversations with developers and leaders at top tech companies, focusing on the art and practice of programming. From Rails to React, from Java to Node.js, it'll help you understand how technology is made and where it's headed. Check it out today at stackoverflow.blog slash podcast. Welcome to Meta Talks, where we bring in experts to dive deep into all things metaverse. With your hosts, Kate Hancock and Daniel Robbins. You know, making sure that they're not going to be behind as far as you mentioned about storytelling in a branding perspective. What -hmm. advice would you give for entrepreneurs that, you know, they're going to be on top of their game? I would say like go ahead and just start navigating. So I got I got really excited about this when my 10-year-old, my 7 and 10-year-old got me to view some amazing Gucci, you know, garden experience on Roblox, right? And I'm like they came out of the room and mama mama, we want the Gucci shades. I'm like, "What? How, how you're 7 years old? How the hell do you know about Gucci, right?" And then for me to kind of go into the space with them, play with them, I'm like, wow, this is this is amazing because brands like Gucci are, uh, you know, investing so much resources into this. You know that this is going to be, and that was like, what, 12 months ago, 12, 15 months ago when the Gucci Garden came out. And then, you know, as of yesterday or two days ago, we heard Nike now is on Roblox, which I logged on this morning to try to play with it. Um, and, and so for us smaller entrepreneurs and businesses, I think it's just getting yourself familiarized with what is out there. And uh, for me, it's, I'm, I'm a fashion you know, I love fashion. So I, I'm always following fashion brands and luxury brands and really trying to understand what they're doing. And then, of course, coupled with the whole NFT side and trying to purchase some of the, you know, luxury NFT goods. Um, but it's it's developing that interest and not being afraid and just jumping onto all these different types of uh, metaverses, Decentraland, Somnium Space, you know, CryptoVoxel, Roblox. Um, that part is very exciting for me to learn how brands are actually utilizing these spaces um, to create and connect to their audience. And, you know, the Gucci example is a great one. You don't expect a seven-year-old to be purchasing anything Gucci, uh, but they are tapping into that mindset at a very young age, right? So now my son is like, we want Gucci shades, even though it's a fake, you know, digital Gucci shade, but, but they're going for that. That's crazy. Yeah, I, I had a conversation with my 18-year-old and, he, he mentioned some brands that's in Roblox. So I definitely told Dan, oh, I think it's time for us to invest on Roblox stocks. Which then it, it went up. I think so. No? no? Oh, okay. <laughs> no, no. Okay. But anyway, I'm kind of give you guys 
a little bit of history about Metaverse. So Metaverse first appeared in a novel, Snow Crash by Neil Stephenson. It's in 1992. So that's a little bit of uh, history right there. I know it's fascinating when Facebook changed their company name meta everyone's freaking out like i don't like it but mm -hmm. realizing this has been ongoing since yes. forever like 10 yeah. years ago mill have you yeah. been seeing technology or more than that yeah a few years ago we were trying to integrate vr ar xr into our storytelling you know for our clients and the tech wasn't even quite there yet i mean on the gaming side sure you know with with unity or unreal engine I mean, you you can build something on the other side for gaming purposes but brands really didn't utilize it the way that we are utilizing it today so in some ways i'm thinking that it's going to be ubiquitous it's like you know how like years ago when you tell people let's you have to have a website design if you're a business owner and people are like no we don't really need it. i mean this is aging me that i know I'm, I'm a little older but so i went through that process right as as a, as a designer and then now i tell my clients the same thing you have to look at the metaverse. It's an extension of your brand experience now. People can come to your website still, but do you have a space where they can actually collaborate, be engaged, you know, shop, uh, talk about your brand and create a community in a very immersive space? So that's the question. How do you extend that piece of your brand connection to your customers or your clients or even your investors or your partners how do you create that and for each segment the experience is very different and maybe it's part of the you know part of your marketing campaign is you do send out an oculus to get people excited to come to your metaverse and then how what is that experience gonna be Wow. You know what? If you think about it, a lot of e-commerce store, if you don't have a really good sales funnel, they struggle into converting sales. Mm -hmm. But with the metaverse, you can actually have an actual person guiding you that process. And wow, I, I haven't thought of that, Dan, but a lot of people are, are, you know, really struggling that, again, that closing the sale, everyone's the abandonment of the cart. If you think about it, if you have a person that guide that shopper, then mm -hmm. yourself is going to be conversion rate will go up. It's it's a very immersive space. Like you said, we were able to experience a little bit of a tour last Friday. And so we were walking in art gallery. I know the, the um, technology is a little bit wonky because it, it's still in, in, in infancy stage, but the future of shopping store in the metaverse will be way better experience than buying on the mm -hmm. website. Mm -hmm. And this is a, probably a conversation open to the floor because my knowledge in terms of the digital currency involved and the NFTs and the blockchain piece is still, I'm still exploring that. I mean, I have gotten um, six pieces of my, my kids art, you know, minted, went through the whole process, found a platform to actually, you know, create that NFT and, and then deciding which platform, which currency I want to accept, you know, and of course, on the other side, I, I'm investing in all sorts of coins and stuff. But, but again, that piece is I'm, I'm opening up to the floor because my experience is limited to my investment side and also my experience with, you know, getting NFTs launched for the for the conversion to happen for the transaction to happen and which currency to take. But and then what wallet to create, you know, so I went through the whole process myself. But then just imagining on the enterprise side, you know, 
again, how are we really capturing, like you said, the the conversion, right? Like, okay, do we engage it? Do we have a bot engage it? Or do we have a real person? Like, who's the avatar? Can we program the bots to say all these things? Do we have AI built in? Is the avatar going to look like a cartoon-like avatar? Or is it going to be like a real person avatar? All those things are so crucial now to designers to create that experience, right? And and for me, I've, I've heard a lot from my enterprise side, um, people are going we don't want it to be too cartoony because then we fear that it's not legit we want our avatars to somehow look a little bit more like us so is it going to be a scan is it going to be you know a good high quality scan where the platforms there are really great platforms out there that can scan your image and produce a beautiful avatar for you but then there's an ai piece to this right like you can create your own avatar but then you can program your avatar to talk like you to sound like you to move like you very interesting tech out there and then the other side to it is also how do you present yourself do you stream yourself live into this virtual space do you go for a lidar scanning you scan your body and do a hologram any oh my god a lot of possibilities and we're just at the surface that's the most exciting part we're just at the tip <laughs> yeah well the fact that we're talking right now from a different places. So technically we're in a metaverse. We're in a metaverse. Is that correct? So, well, I think that's somewhat. It's like a 2D. Somewhat. This is a 2D. This is a 2D experience still. A mm -hmm. metaverse would be next time we can host it. I can host it in my 3D space and you'll be sitting on a, a couch over there. I'll be standing over there. You know, Dan will be out there drinking wine or something, but but it, it will be an immersive space. And as you move further away you, and then, you know, you don't hear each other as well. You can have private conversations. Some of these platforms allow you to have like different pods of conversation happening so it's not really open to all some platforms allow for anyone to come in and then so on an enterprise level you go like how how secure is my conversation what can and can we not talk about in a metaverse is the metaverse being made public is it a secure metaverse do we invite only so all those questions are coming at me all the time and i we have to be cognizant on which platform we go with and how do we build this metaverse out yeah, because I could imagine we had this discussion uh, two weeks ago that mm. if you're hosting a conference and you mm -hmm. security is not there, then someone could just write down while you're doing a presentation. Then yeah. it's like Clubhouse, right? Like someone's going to be like making some noise and disrupting what you're doing. Yes. Yes. And then so all these different platforms out there and they all have different functions and features. And what we do is go in and really understand what is the business use case here? What is it that you're trying to create? And who are you engaging? And then so that we can make the most unbiased recommendations for, for our enterprise client and go, this is the right platform, but it's going to cost you this much. And they're going to take this much to roll it out. But here's what you're going to get, right? You're going to get privacy, security. You're going to get scalability. They're going to help with this. But, you know, some platforms don't do that. And some clients just say, we just want it to be public. We want anybody to come in. But again, all these platforms are very limited in some ways, especially for enterprise solutions because they're limited to like the amount of people that can go into the space. I think the most right now is like 70 people. And then some companies are scaling up 2000 people and then they have to, it's all instancing issues, but this is all the technicality side. I don't want to bore anybody with this, but it is something that you have to think about when you're evaluating, building out a metaverse for your company. Where do I want to do this? 
who's going to build this? You know, we now call ourselves metaverse architects, right? Architects, you know, people, like I, I'm an architect, uh, you know, by training years and years ago. So it's easy for me to go in and build a space out. But training talents, and I know Kate and I, you and I talked about this, right? It's like, it's a, it's a brand new thing. Well, to me, it's not so brand new, but it's like finding talents that are able to create spaces that are phenomenal. I mean, you're in a virtual space. It doesn't have to look like a conference room anymore. You can be on the moon. You can be on Jupiter and you can have a Jupiter with pool, you know, or waterfall, whatever. It's really for you to imagine what your experience should be. So that's the exciting part as a designer. I go in like, oh, my God, I can make someone fly in with this, you know, write this and it's it's like a game design but for business yeah yeah and and for um, the entrepreneurship side of things when you when you know when you're trying to build a conference like a metaverse conference if your company is like building those big machine you can't bring and show those um you know, those machine, right? But in metaverse, you can't put all this play. I mean, that's very useful. A, you don't have to send out, do all the logistics. Everything is going to be in there and Mm it looks cool. So the feature of this conference is with, for example, private plane. They're going to showcase a private plane. Not everyone can, you know, fly out with COVID and you know, restrictions. Yeah. So yeah. it's the best way to go. But like, Mel, question for you. What are some of the platforms that big enterprise are hosting all these offices? So we have explored um, a variety of platforms ranging from Spatial, my favorite. I, I build out two or three of them um, on Spatial. And then there's uh, Arthur and there's Engage VR and Moodup, you know, who's also my client. And so there's a slew of them, Glue. Um, there's a slew of them. And, and for us, it's pretty much identifying which platform uh, will fit the business use case. Um, and then we go for, and budget, definitely budget, um, and scalability. Um, and then we go from there. So it depends on what you want to do. I know, Kate, you were looking at a variety of platforms, right, last week for, for your own metaverse? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to build an office to have a cool experience because we're mm-hmm. launching a book. So I want to mm-hmm. launch it. Like, it's yes. very cool. Um, yeah. If we have an office with the top 100 most influential entrepreneurs in the world, we're all launching a book in metaverse. I think that's really an experience. Yes, yes. But uh, again, for your, for your, like, let's take yours as a business use case, right? So for you, then we would ask, like, how many people do you want to come and experience this? Are they going to be experiencing on a desktop side or on the, on the VR devices? And ensuring that the experience is going to be amazing on across platforms and ensuring that, you know, doing your speech or your presentation, that's not going to crash, right? Depending on what you're uploading into your metaverse. So you have to make sure that all these things are optimized from a design standpoint. And from a user standpoint, also understand that people can experience the, 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 the metaverse longer on a desktop and on a mobile or iPad. Once you put the VR on, I can be on my VR headset for hours because I'm used to it. However, I have to say the first few times I got nauseous. And then you have to be mindful of that. People can put it on and they could like throw up. <laughs> they, they will blame me. And go, oh. 
you know, crap, this is not a good experience for me. I, I hate this, right? So you have to be mindful of how long your presentation is going to be. And maybe I have seen companies doing uh, events where they kept it mostly on Zoom. And then at the end, they go, oh, by the way, we have a metaverse experience, you know, for happy hour. So they kept it to like 15, 20 minutes, right? And then people go in, pick their avatar outfits, have fun with music playing and stuff. Um, but again, it's part of your brand create uh, curation of the experience. What do you want at the end of the day? Wow, what a fascinating world. But if you think about it, um, we had this discussion two weeks ago. If you create an office, now that all of your employees are working remotely, mm-hmm. you can mm-hmm. just build an office on Meta. Yes. Metaverse yeah. and everyone yeah. will work and have a conference and your setting is way beautiful than doing in a Zoom. So it's oh, yeah. interactive in a way. I've yeah. seen some of your work. It's very clean, very polished, very um, high-end. So I, I love going into your spaces. So definitely instead of you renting or buying a big office, you just build it. I yeah. Know. And the co- imagine the cost of just sending my my pros- prospects, you know, a 300 300- dollar pair of oculus is way less than you know actually renting an office and i can always update my metaverse i'm always updating it. and you can have multi-levels and some of these engines can have have ability like a game engine building where you can actually ride the escalator you know an elevator you can do whatever you want you can float up you know in a pod and be transported to different portals. So I can have multiple offices. I can have one that's for meditation. I can have one that's for, you know, streaming to a live audience. And oh my God, the technology is just, it's, it's limitless. The potential is limitless. That's that's what's just so exciting uh, for, for designers like myself. It's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Well, um, well, we are being consistent opening this room every Friday here on Clubhouse and doing it live. I heard a, a, a story of, of a previous store owner where I think her store, she has this healing center that got disrupted mm-hmm. from the riot. So mm-hmm. she actually rebuilt it on Metaverse. What what a cool <gasps> experience. So yes. She loved her store so much, but there's no way for her to put it together. So, you know, things like that, I think it makes sense. And what, you know, the journey and stories when you hear like that, it, may, it really makes total sense. Yeah, like if you go to like even like I was um, like I said, I was venturing into Nike's uh, Roblox, Nike land on Roblox this morning and I was looking at how they design their spaces. I mean, it is truly the future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know, it's it's truly like walking to a real space. And how do you want to experience? Do you want to be? Do you want? You have like five seconds to wow someone, right? So it's it's got to be this very impactful like statement piece. Unless you just want it to be a boring ass, you know, conference room, and that's fine too. Some people are very conservative, and they just well, we just want a, a boardroom. And I'm like, okay, I'll design you a boardroom. But if you want it to be memorable and and people remember your brand from the get that's the opportunity to do it right and you have to look at 
uh, you have to look at user interface design in a very different way now. You have to look at it in a holistic, spatial way where it's audio sensory, it's motion design, and then you're looking at how you're controlling the Oculus. Um, what are they picking up, putting down? Um, what objects are you letting them play with when they're in your space? Um, and then the you know designing a space in metaverse is very different from designing real spaces, right? I mean, in, in, there's no ADA rules or regulations, but you know, designing in a metaverse, you have to understand, um, you have to allow for the the person to move around and meander around the space. So we have like a rule of thumb, like you know, like a, a radius or a diameter for per user to go in, and you have enough space for them to interact. Um, and then, and then making sure that. Uh, users are comfortable enough to interact with each other. And some of these platforms enable avatar and also a video. Like they, they will allow you to stream like a real life, you know, like this, where they can actually see your face. So it's an avatar and video experience so that you know that that person is legit and you're talking you know, to, the, to the VP of sales or something like that. And it's not, it's not a fake EA that's doing it. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so those are the things that we're looking at. And, and then we're training executives now how to actually move around the space, but also present in a 3D world. So typically, you know, you see charts and graphs in like a PowerPoint, right? Now it's it's three-dimensional uh, charts and graphs that you can manipulate and are those things animated and that makes it a whole other level. Um, yeah, so much, so much to, to think wow. about. Dan, do you have a question for Mel? So much great things, I mean, um, Mel, can you share us what is Web 3.0? I've heard it. Oh, I don't know how to do that. All the technical stuff. I, I know I laugh at myself. I work in tech and I'm like every day. I'm like, oh, my God, the, the WW3. The I'm like, I just know how to create content. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I have a question. Okay. Sorry, I have a few questions, Kate. And uh, Mel, you have a great personality, by the way. Because oh, I think you, you think people in this space might be kind of boring, right? I think in the past, right, you think of like a like a software engineer, they're kind of stale and boring. So it's pretty exciting to see all the people that have it, it's I think it's such a big variety of people in this space. Then when I when I was growing up, I went to be a computer programmer. And when I went to college for computer programming, I saw the people that were in my class. And I realized I didn't want to be, you know, that person who uh, like hid inside their basement eating pizza every day. But I think you have such a wide, and it was like 99% <laughs> men, right? You have such a wide group of, you know, a lot of women in tech. Like there's a big space around the world of people coming in, which is incredible. Um, but my question is this, though, I think around what you were saying, when do you think we're going we're gonna to get to the place where we're not looking at either a fake avatar or just an image of a video where it's actually, you know, almost like you're looking at, the person i think it's going to be real soon and but i also think that it's de it's de very dependent on um the platform that you're on so when we're evaluating all these different platforms kate i know you had asked me earlier like you know which platform to go with some of our clients will go oh this is too cartoony it's too game like we don't like that and then some platforms have a little bit more realistic look to it. All of their uh, the 3D objects, all of the spatial design, like we can bake in the lighting, the texture, you know, all of that to make it really, really polished. 
and then and then some it's like it looks like like roblox roblox is limited to the roblox look it's very game like it's very childlike right but some you know you can get a little high fidelity on that and, that, and that's okay so it depends on the platform dan it's not you know but I, I spoke to another company uh, last week and, and they were saying, you know, because we were asking about feeding in holog uh, volumetric um, presenter into one of these metaverses and the process to go about capturing the volumetric. And it's the same engine that they used in, you know, Hollywood where they would put all these things on you and they capture your movement and then they, they feed you into, you know, it's all, it's all, it's all digital. Uh, and, and we were just trying to figure out how, and how do you bake that in, you know, what kind of Alembic files can we export and all that? Uh, again, we are at this, this junction right now where we can go really fast and everything can be integrated depending on the companies that are willing to work with each other so they can build out special APIs for us to do that. But it's not really something that's available, I, I believe, to the masses yet. However, on the enterprise level, be, depending on your budget, you could do all of that stuff. It's like really like in Star Trek, you could beat me up and then the person can appear. We could do it. It's just a matter of finding the right partners that are going to work with us to create that tech because I, I can't create the tech. I I am more of an experience, experiential designer. I am not like I get techy in the sense where I, I know my tech limitations. I know the files I need to create. I know the environments I need. You know, I know all these things, but I am not like expert to the point where I am able to spew out technical jargons. Oftentimes I'm learning as I go. So it makes it very exciting because I ask the most stupid questions. I swear. I, as a tech guy is like, can we do this or not? And then you'll be like, well, yes, you can, but I'm, I don't like hearing butts. <laughs> like, so where do I go to get this done? And it's a matter of finding the right people to work with this. And some are just equally as excited. They're like, sure, give us the platform. We'll figure out with the engineers and we'll, we'll create an API. We'll plug it into the tech, you know, and they will work with us to create that. And then once it's created, it's almost like it's done. Like that can take the same workflow and apply to the next client so that's 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 the innovation strategy piece it's it's not really clearly defined but the use case hey everyone great to see you i'm excited today to talk through one of my new favorite apps called melon melon allows you to make high quality professional live streams in under 15 seconds you can stream independently to any streaming platforms or even invite guests to your show with only one click. You could literally go live in only five clicks, which is something that we've used here for a long time. We used to use a competitor, I don't wanna say their name, and I'm so happy that we now switched to Melon. This has been game changer for our business. There's no complicated signups, no downloads needed for your guests, which I can't stand. It's really for anyone who creates video content, whether you stream live, record productions, and upload later. This thing comes with great customization options to help your brand stand out, allows you to earn an income while you stream via donations. Everyone loves that. And it is the fastest growing live streaming product. And right now, it is running an incredible deal on its premium features, which I'm very excited to come here to our audience and bring this to you. So check it out with Melon. We have a link here. Go to melonapp.com slash show code. That's melon, M-E-L-O-N-A-P-P.com slash C-S-H-O-W-C-O-D-E, melonapp.com backslash show 
show code. Get started for free today, and we'll see you all there. There's big, and then there's Galaxy Big. Get ready to redefine what you can do on a tablet with the new Samsung Galaxy Tab S8 Ultra. Have plenty of room for all your favorite things on a whopping 14.6-inch screen. The largest screen on a Samsung tablet yet. Plus, unlock epic productivity power when you sync Tab S8 Ultra with the rest of your Galaxy, giving you more ways to work, play, and create. Get your Galaxy Tab S8 Ultra now at Samsung.com. Pieces are there for us to create based upon, and then we have a goal, and we have a budget, and then we get it done. <laughs> I hope that makes sense. <laughs> that makes total sense. Mel, Mel, when I asked that question, I think that was a month ago when Facebook made the change, I mean, the huge change of their company name, Meta, your answer is very clear in your world. Can you explain it to everyone else? Why? Oh, is the, yes. I have my own theory. My yes, own theory. Yes. <laughs> Tell them. So, so people were asking me, like, you know, you posted the question, I'm like, what the hell is this Facebook changing the name? And I'm like, oh, my God, it makes total sense to me. Imagine this boom of all the cryptocurrencies, right? You have, you have, I have friends who are now billionaires, right? Because they, they invested in Bitcoin years and years, like 10 years ago. They bought the stocks for like, you know, 500 bucks. And now they're like, you know, ton. And what happened is you have all this money in digital currency, that they don't necessarily want to cash out yet, right? And so all these brands, like I have brands coming in and asking me, how do we tap into that wealth that is already there? Like, how do we actually tap into these billionaire crypto guys and have the have a piece of the pie? And then so this whole NFT boom was the same thing. I created my NFTs for my kids because I know of people with a ton of Bitcoin. I'm, like, I'm going to make them buy my, my, my son's stuff. Like, you know, I'm going to earn and I'm putting it at one Ethereum. At that time, it was like four grand, right? I'm all like, excited, right? And I'm like, ooh, you know, and one one ETH to them is nothing, right? Because they have hundreds of ETHs. And I'm like, I just need to tap into that. And I started slowly noticing that all the brands are doing that. I'm like, they're smart. They're trying to tap into the wealth that's already there, but then create a digital space for that conversion to happen because I'm telling you none of my friends who are who own all these coins they don't want to cash out to dollars they, they want to keep it there and so you sort of and then and then of course people so like 50 million dollars worth of artwork you're like damn <laughs> and then you go where is the artwork now and then you see it in all these different you know metaverses I'm like oh it totally makes sense and then so when when Facebook did all this it it is it is it makes sense because first of all they own oculus and I know that they, you know, I'm trying to get all of my enterprise clients to buy Oculus, number one. And number two, it's 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 the wealth that's already there. And and if you don't go where the money is, then you're losing out, essentially. I know I hate being FOMO, but it is where the, you know, <laughs> the business is going. And that was my theory when that happened, Kate. I was like, yes, it makes sense. They are trying to get into the, the, the space that's already there. They're creating for the ecosystem to happen. I don't know what kind of, full ecosystem they're developing yet but then you start seeing all these other brands you know and all these other celebrities and artists started hosting events on Fortnite, on roblox and all these partnerships started happening you're like yep that's where it's going so wow i yeah. thank you yes i have to say um right, right after you dan i have to say i tried to purchase some land in in in, in, in a well-funded um metaverse world and I have to say, man, these people 
charged a lot a for lot? gas price. Okay. Like, yes. where is this money? I just bought Ethereum. <laughs> and the crazy thing is, I tried to like acquire the places that's my favorite place in the world. Yeah. Someone already tried to sell it for $3.3 million and mm-hmm. or 750 Ethereum. It was like, those suckers. Like, yes. I, I want to buy it, but then they <laughs> don't want to buy it. But again, the gas price. Okay, so we're talking about not the grass, gas price to put in your car. Because I remember we're in a holiday and someone said like, well, the gas price. No, we're not talking. We're talking no. about the gas price acquiring something, buying something using MetaMask where they charge almost half of the price. Yeah, yeah. That's the reason why. And then it's kind of clunky because it doesn't tell you how much. It's not very. You almost have to watch it. You have to watch. You have to go to the back end and watch, you know, like I was trying to mint my kid's art and I was watching the gas price and my kid, you know, I gave my kids a budget, two grand. That's all you guys got. Like, you know, go figure it out. And they were watching the price with me. They're like, no, 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 now it's the time to go buy it. Ma, ma, (laughs) go do it now. And as soon as it hit the lowest part, I'm like, okay, I'm minting the art now. (laughs) Because it goes up the next day. You're like, damn, you know, I don't know if your art is worth $1,500 dollars yet you know you get offered out yeah okay but, yeah. so now when you say minting the art can you tell it to us in a layman's term what is that mean? oh god i will probably be the lousiest person to explain that all i know from my process is i have to go through first of all i have to search which platform i want to be selling my my art it's like almost like an open marketplace and it's like open sea and rareable and all that places to buy nfts now and i'm sure that's like a slew more um but we were trying. We knew that we were small, and we knew that this was our first time testing things out. So we didn't want to put it in a, a an open sea. It's like almost like an eBay for NFTs, and I didn't want to do that. And then so I, my kids and I found a place called Portion, and it is a platform where they have um, you know really amazing artists like Marvel artists, and they love the Avengers. So they're like, we want to be next to these artists to sell art. And I'm like, okay. So we applied and we got accepted, and then and then so we went through the process of understanding like how do I actually get my piece uploaded you know to the blockchain and have people you know do the whole guest fee thing and then get the art minted and i noticed that every time i made a mistake it cost me money like every time i make a simple change to even the description of my art i have to mint it again and i'm like oh I have to be very careful in this process though, because every time I say, oh, the size is wrong and I'm describing it. Oh no, I have to take it down and then I have to mint it again. And I'm like, okay, I got to get my writer to prove everything before I do this. And it's a learning process. I knew getting into this that I would have to learn how to do this. But again, my experience in the NFT world is very limited. I'm sure the audience have a lot more experience than me when it comes to when is the right time to mint, when it's not, what platform to use and all that because I, I I did it just for the experience, just to understand. And then also finding a platform where I can actually sell my NFTs and can actually integrate with my meta wallet. So yes, I, I, I did all of that, but I'm sure the audience have a lot more experience share for, for us to learn from. Yeah. Okay. That's one big learning. So before you upload, it's kind of like downloading your items you're selling on Amazon, make sure you have all the data and correct sizing or else it's going to cost you money. Okay. 
yeah, now I understand. Yeah. Because okay, it's so limited. It's limited, right? Because you're telling people that, hey, I only have one piece of this. So every time you make a mistake, they want to make sure there's only the one piece that you have. So you have to take it down. And then it's like this one precious art. Of course, it can be a series. I think I think we did it like a, a series of three each. And that way, we're not selling it at like five ETH and we're selling it like one ETH or something. But it all depending on how you how you value your art. And and then we have to talk to our attorney about this. We're like, okay, if we sell this, we put this, we sell it. Do they own the art? Art Because we're giving them the digital file, right? And even my attorney is like, oh my God, the NFT world and intellectual property, it's, it's moving at such high speed. You need to define what they're going to own. And I'm like, oh my God, what have I gotten myself into to get my attorney involved in this conversation? Just minting three, you know, three to six pieces of art from my kids. Crazy. Wow. Dan, what's your understanding on NFT? I think every time you sell it to someone else, there's a 10% whoever actually sold it in the beginning. Daniel? Yeah, I think um, yes. I wouldn't even talk. I wouldn't even add mountain sense. I, I think the audience, there's some people in here that know a lot about it. Yeah. But yes. I have a question, though, related going back. Sorry, Kate, you mind if I ask that real quick? And then yes, maybe go ahead. And can you chair. do a little bit research that Mel is an expert in, in experience designer angle? So I know we're talking about our experience share. There's no way we're an expert, but I don't think at this point no one's an expert. Everyone, we're all learning. No, as we go. I know. Yeah. Everyone's learning. Yes. Yeah, no. So we are uh, we're here with Mel Lim. This is our Friday Metaverse Masterclass. If you hear some background noise and it's too loud, let me know. But you can join the Discord group up top, and uh, we have a lot of people in there talking about it. We also have a whole bunch of different interviews that we do every week on all different topics. So my question is this, Mel. I want to get your thoughts, your experience here. here. It seems like you mentioned, I mean, anyone can make an NFT per se, the thing is, most people don't know how to market the product. It's like you could make, you could draw a picture, but, and I could say it's worth a million dollars, but it's not really worth a million dollars unless someone is willing to pay me a million dollars, unless people can even find it. So do you think then there's an opportunity, like you said, there's a lot of money in crypto? I, I was just reading that some of the, the youngest billionaires, like self-made billionaires, they're all in crypto. And do you think there's a big opportunity then to actually just selling products and services, not NFT? Just in general, maybe we're too, I know we're so hyper-focused on NFT, Yes. if they want to yes. spend money. So our end, uh, my, my business is focused on the service side, right? So I knew that, you know, getting into this, um, my experimenting with the NFTs was just a glimpse so that I could show the potential to my client that these are the different ways that you could potentially, you know, produce digital products and all of that but in sense of tapping into the wealth now that part gets me excited because i'm like thinking okay how do i how do i tap into the wealth so multiple ways right even even when i'm looking at roblox right right i'm currently engaging a, a roblox game developer uh to build out you know some some stuff for us but even researching the whole space of just game designers, game Roblox developers and stuff. These people are making so much money. I mean, they're selling little items and little clothes. And my son alone, they're creating their little outfits on Roblox, right? And they're selling them. And I'm going seven-year-old selling like, like this. It used to be lemonade stands and now they're selling gears on Roblox. <laughs> and it's so exciting to watch because they know where the wealth is going. They're like, because they asked me to spend all this crazy amount of Robux, 
for them. Every time they do something and I'm like, clean dishes, you get 20 Robux, you know, you got, you know, 20, you know, 2000 Robux, whatever it is. So the, the currency is there and, and I, I see an opportunity for a marketplace for them to grow. So I don't ever stop them from wanting to create caps, hats, figures, whatever they want to sell fine but on the on the on the adult side of things yes absolutely a ton of a ton of wealth as a service provider it used to be where i was talking to another um partner where companies now the large companies i'm talking about like the big like accenture pwc you know those are like accenture bought like sixty thousand pairs of oculus for training on our end it's like who's creating the content Who's creating the training programs? There's not a lot of us, you know, in the space right now that has the technical abilities to actually go in and create all these things. So in my mind, it's like, okay, <laughs> there's money for us. <laughs> there's like opportunity for us. And and even Kate, you were asking me, how much does a metaverse cost? It depends, right? If you're dealing with small business or you're dealing with enterprise solution, because we're doing we're, we're dealing mostly with enterprise, and um, it's huge huge amount of effort involved in creating a space that accommodate you know a ton of people and then there's the privacy aspect to things and then that's the content that will actually live in this metaverse itself so again as a service provider we're constantly looking at ways to kind of upsell our services however it's also looking at the talent piece while i may be able to go in and convince clients to do these things i need support <laughs> I need help. I need people that actually can go into an Oculus and set up spaces for me and and know how to navigate and put things in place. And it's it's not like, you know, getting an interior designer and go like set up a, a, a physical space that I'm getting someone with technical ability that can, can, can be in the Oculus for more than 15 minutes without throwing out number one. And number two has the ability to move objects, to place them, to scale them, you know, and to put audio. Those are all technical, you know, talents that I need. I even posted on you know on a on a um, EO forum the other day like who knows people that can design games and Roblox and then one person laughed mm -hmm. and I'm like my son I'm like no 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 I need like real developers yeah. <laughs> but well, it's, it seems it's like there's really a, a like a shortage of that talent so yes do they, do they need to be in a coding school or what kind of what kind of it's a combination right like for me i'm working mostly on the content side so i need like uh 3d 3d artists 3d developers that are really savvy in either cinema 4d or 3d studio max you know and then most of these folks are either from the architecture background or um in the gaming background so i'm, re I'm constantly recruiting talents like are you from a game site okay what engine are you are you able to build it on oh unity i'm like perfect then come on you know i need all this because it's integrated integrated with Unity. And then someone like, oh, Roblox. Okay, then I need Roblox developers. Um, and then, but having the eye to understand like the design side and then integrating the brand essence into the product design. Um, it's it's all at a whole new level now. I, I'm not even looking for like a 2D UI designers. I'm looking for 3D UI designers. Like I, I, I need people with that dimensional background. And that's, that's tough. And maybe I'm looking at the wrong places. I need to be on Discord more when I'm so damn busy. Maybe need to be like, maybe you need to hire those like 16 year olds. I, I guess yes. me thinking like, like you're saying, if if uh, you know people that grow up with it, because of because you have a lot of people that didn't grow up with it, so they may not fully understand that. But you have like he was joking around, you know, hire his uh, you know 12 year old or 14. But yeah. maybe it's like instead of a 16 or 18 year old going and getting a remedial job, they could actually learn these and like you're saying make a ton of money plus 
you have people all around the world in India, the Philippines, you have Eastern Europe. They're incredible uh, programmers now. I mean, they can make a ton of money no matter where they are in the world. This is the great thing is this opens up the opportunity and the playing field for it doesn't matter if you're in a developing country or if you're in, you know, a first world country, whatever that is, you have, you know, similar opportunities. Yeah. Like I, like my kids are learning um, all of the the basics, Adobe software, right? They're learning Illustrator, After Effects. My seven-year-old asked me, I want to learn animation. So I signed him up for After Effects. I'm like, okay, sit down and learn it, like do it with me. And then my 10-year-old, he's on Blender, which is another 3D software. He's learning how to 3D print. And I don't stop him because I, I know this is the next if I get them equipped with all this knowledge now, they will have no problem in creating their own businesses or getting a job, you know, 10 years from now. I'm training them because I know this is where it's heading. And I'm try- my struggle is actually getting people my age group in the 40s and 50s to understand the impact of this tech and to welcome it and to know that you may not, you may not have to fully immerse in it but be aware that this is where it's heading and then how do we prepare an organization at, at scale to to adopt and adapt to this tech i can't wow. help but laugh but i think like 20 years ago they're like games are going to be the destruction of America. you know then you and then you become your parents and you're like crypto is going to be the destruction <laughs> it's going to be like you know. well this is some really good tip it seems like I'm going to sway my kids if they they can get involved into 3D cinema, 4D, the architect side, and new community or combo codings. Again, those are some of maybe your, you know, any one of your family that wanted yeah. to make sure like they I'm, can earn a good living. Absolutely. This is the yes. direction that you need to. So my sons now, they're helping me um, design a game. And I needed the seven and 10 year old, they're competing. They're like, our games are going to be better. So they're competing so that I can pick one of them to show my client. Right. Mm-hmm. And they did. They, you know, cause I, I can't play Roblox. I go in and I keep on hitting the wall. I don't know what the hell I'm going. And then they're like showing me and I bought them the Xbox controller so that they can like move around easily, you know, and then I, I put it on their heads, even though Oculus say not meant for kids under 13, but my 10 year old love like the Oculus. <laughs> so he's teaching me how to how to do it but just watching them is enabling me to do innovation work isn't that strange like i'm i'm learning from my 10 year old to actually apply all this knowledge to my corporate clients it's it's fascinating to me because it's like they're, they're like they're the innovators i i'm just like the messenger you know watching them navigate this digital space so comfortably right like i i logged into one of those vr chats environments i hopped into a metaverse there were like dinosaurs chasing me i freaked out i logged off and i'm like i'm not going back in because i don't know who's talking to me but to them oh mama that's easy you know they go into the space and they show me what what they bought you know i'm like why you keep on buying like outfits like that like i don't understand why you're wasting your money buying but they want it. And I'm like, I don't get it. But I know what brands are looking for. And that's how they're connecting. And that's what I'm learning. It's from the business side. Why are brands, why did like in the Heights launch a block party on Roblox? And my seven-year-old came out to me and said, what's in the Heights? Let's watch it. I'm like, uh, I'm not sure if that is a movie for you to watch. And then it's a musical, you know, but he watched it and he tells me, yeah, that's just a bunch of like teenagers wanting boyfriends and girlfriends. I'm not watching anymore. I'm like, okay. <laughs> but again, brands are trying to reach the younger audience. 
I don't know in a good way or a bad way at the end of the day, but it's fascinating to me that my seven-year-old now knows what In the Heights is about <laughs> and oh, wow. attended a blog party. Yeah, Mel, I, I wanted to, I, I think this is a common question to a lot of entrepreneurs. If they want to build an office in the metaverse, 10 by 10, for example, if a size of a 10 by 10, how many people can fit in that if you want to do an experience or conference or a nice meeting? What are the expectations like? How many people can um, can be in that office? And what are kind of a ballpark? I know there's a wide range from 20 yeah. grand to up to 200 grand or as much I as know. detail do you want your design, right? So yeah. I think people can have a little bit of um, idea of how much. 10 by 10, is, 10 by 10 is small. 10 by 10, I have to tell you, it's a very small space. Uh, typically, we go up to five times the size. Um, but it's also because we're accommodating like maybe 30 people or so in a space. And again, you have to have like a three to four meter radius around your avatar just to make sure there's no like blockage or like, you know, glitches. And this is all up to the designer, how he wants to roll it out and which platform. Because you know, if you're designing on Decentraland and all these other public metaverses, I think they are selling you the 10 by 10 little spaces right kate um but when we're designing for the enterprise it's mostly on like a, a, a platform that's enabling for more of an event or an engagement to happen at scale so the spaces will have to be much bigger and then we are allowing for content multiple types of content to be streamed into the space so whether it's a keynote, whether or not it's a video, whether and then the more content you have in the space, it will slow down the interaction. So you have to choose the right platform for that to happen. And then and then train the people, you know, to meander around the space. So back to your question, it can range from like as cheap as like you said, $2,500. Or you can even buy like one of those templates right now that you can go to like Sketchfab. Well, Sketchfab, I think it's called Sketchfab, um, to buy a space. You can buy a space now for like 20 bucks, 30 bucks. You load it up to one of your platforms and it's not really, you know, to your, it's, it's, it's a template. It's not going to be, you know, to your liking or to your brand criteria, but at least you can do that and then see if that's the right thing for you to do. Um, and then experiment with it. You know, it's just less than 50 bucks. I think some of these templates that you can go and, and do, but you know, for the work we do, it's not 50 bucks for sure. It's, it's, it's way up there. Um, but it's because we are building in all the other pieces for, um, for enterprise solution. Yeah. So last week we get a chance to do a tour and I have to say, I comment to who's part of the company. Like, I'm not going to your conference. It looks like 1980s Hotel Las Vegas. That smells moldy. So again, if you want to present your office and metaverse, make sure it looks good to what's the current look. Then like, why would I go there if my house looks better than the metaverse? Yeah, it's supposed yeah. to be an experience where yes. much better in your real world, but you're presenting it to us, the blue ugly looking conference that I don't want to join. Like maybe someone needs to abduct me to force there. <laughs> I'll <we'll> be there. <laughs> I think it's kind of same like any other things when you launch something in your business, you want to be in a forefront and make sure that really aligns of what is the current look. Yes, yes. And if your business is about innovation like ours, we're constantly updating the space. Like again, once it's what the good thing about digital is this, right? One day you can have a sauna here, the next day you can have a spa here, the next day you can have like, you know, you can be on a mountain, you can change out the scenes. 
it's really so flexible. Um, but with that flexibility, I always say with a caveat is that's constraint to the amount of polygons that you can add to the space. Most of these platforms have limitations to the amount of polygon because they have to work with their game engine, whatever engine that's it's backing, backing the platform. So, um, and again, what kind of content that's going to be swapping out? Because you don't want to be watching something and then it freezes your, in your Oculus or in your desktop. You're like, oh, you have no support, right? It, it, it's it, You can click refresh, but then you have to go through the whole process again. So what is going to be the ultimate brand experience design for you? Wow. I know, I know we cover a lot. That, that's the thing in, in our studios. We cover a lot of those questions because it will pop up because people think it's very easy. Oh, it's just like designing another website. It's not. It's not like designing another website. I have to look into all these other things now when I'm hosting or presenting or launching a product within the metaverse. It's just so many pieces on components at play that I have to be cognizant about. And before UI and UX design is very limited to a 2D experience. And now I have to look at, you know, if they walk into that space, is that music too loud? I have to test out an all, you know, radius of that space to make sure that if the person is given keynote then you have a bar on the other side, can that be a private space? Because I don't want the music playing and then the CEO is talking. And so those are the things that I'm looking at when I'm putting on, I have to walk into this and, you know, and, and then making sure that when I bring someone into the space, um, can I record this? Can I record this presentation? Can someone watch it afterwards? Uh, do I need to rehearse my presentation? Do I need to train these executives to present? So it's so many pieces of, uh, of things that I'm looking at right now. I'm not, my job has become very exciting. <laughs> There you go, Dan. Can you do a little bit of reset? So Mel here. Okay, I'm so sorry. I think Dan she has a, a super noise background. Can you hear me? All right. Yeah. So thank you, Mel Lim. Appreciate that. This is incredible. It's Metaverse Fridays. So every Friday we are talking here about Metaverse. Also, to note, we are going to be going. We're going to be having our own TV segment on Fox, ABC, and NBC in different markets. We start filming December 16th and 17th for a show called Meta Talks, and that's Talks with a Z. So uh, there's no website yet, but check in the next few days, metatalks.com with a Z. But we're going to have a show, a five-minute segment where we're going to interview experts in all things metaverse like Mel Lim here. It's going to be metaverse, NFTs, crypto, blockchain. We have some incredible guests lined up already. Um, so we can't wait for that. It's going to be all of 2022 airing in January in all different major markets in the U.S. Uh, so excited for that. But this is the Metaverse Fridays where we talk every Friday here on Clubhouse. I was actually streaming to different other different platforms. I was doing a test. But um, we're also streaming live, too, across all social. But you can check it out. Join the Discord up top so you know when we're going to be doing it. But the cool thing in the Discord now, we have different channels. we got the Meta channel the NFT channel, so you can actually talk with each other about the topics that are going on live. So thank you, Mel, for being here as always. Thank you. I'm eager to learn from the audience because I always find that I learn the most when, I, when I'm when i engaging with people who are really trying to Man, dive in. Yes, yes, yes sure. I want to learn. Let's do this, yeah. Oh, so before we go, Dan, here to, to, Dan, before we go, because yeah. we're going to be ending our live because they can't hear any of the questions. So, Mel, where can they find you? What's their site if any enterprise 
wanting to build their whatever a big conference find me find me on linkedin find me on linkedin because i have a ton of stuff that i post uh on metaverse and i'm actually going to be hosting a uh, a keynote on metaverse uh on wednesday it's on my linkedin and um, i'm actually coaching a bunch of executives to how to create um, an XR program and roll it out on a global scale for the enterprise. So again, my background is on the enterprise side. So I'm sorry if I'm not able to answer the the more on the consumer side of things. But I, it's more for, for me. It's more like scaling this, making it, making sure that there are use cases that are appropriate for this type of application and how to leverage that technology. And the technology piece is the most exciting because there are so many companies out there doing very exciting stuff. As for us, it's going in and identifying who was doing what and able to integrate and make them partner with each other that's the that's the piece of innovation that i'm very excited about right because people are not doing that yet and then if they're coming out and they have this tech our goal is to combine all this tech and ensuring that we are able to deliver the experience for enterprise clients so yeah so find me on linkedin and my website Okay. Yes, and then find me on my website, Maspera Group, with a G-R-O-U-P-E dot com, uh, and um, you can connect me um, with you know on there. I'm I'm not a good social media person. I'm too bloody busy, but LinkedIn, I will respond. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Please rate, review, and subscribe, and visit metatalks.com. That's talks with a Z. The hit a big scratcher from the Virginia Lottery could be a big hit for you. The game gives you the chance to win up to $1 million. Virginia Lottery Scratchers. Every day wins. Visit a lottery retailer near you. For odds and more information, visit VALottery.com. Microsoft Surface Pro 8 has the power of a laptop and the versatility of a tablet, all in one. This thin and adaptable device has a touchscreen and a newly designed signature keyboard that can even store your Surface Pen. Surface Pro 8 is Microsoft's most powerful pro yet. Show the world how you stand out with Surface Pro 8. Check it out at surface.com slash Surface Pro 8. The drive to go further and reach higher. The same thing that inspires you inspires us. At Strayer University, we're always searching for new ways to make education more affordable. That's why we offer access to up to 10 no-cost gen ed courses to help you save time and money so you can keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. No cost gen provided by Strayer University affiliates of Field Learning. Eligibility rules apply. Connect with us for details. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by Chef.